Welcome back to Fitbit Pod. My name is Ben Lomas, and with me always out of lockdown is Dilrajai Singer. It is indeed Dilrajai Singer out of lockdown, but back into intermittent fasting hours. We're recording at 12.30, which is why listeners might hear me chowing down on some nuts in the background uh, because I am squeezing in a bit of uh, my food between my psych appointment and this podcast, but I'm had my protein. I've had having my nuts, so hopefully there's less chewing going to happen. Have, I don't want to be. You've had, you've had, to you've had your nuts. You've had your nuts. Anyway. I've had my nuts. I've swallowed all the protein, and I so. don't. <laughs> I don't need to do it anymore. Uh, but what we have is a wonderful guest. Uh, uh, guest relatively new to the comedy scene, but is already kicking massive goals. Very People may so. have seen her on the comedy festival uh, All Star Super Show. Uh, What's that? Uh, in, in, <laughs> and uh, at the Palais Theatre, no less. Uh, and she would have heard her on uh, Sammy J in the morning on ABC Breakfast. Please welcome Annie Lewis. Yes. Hey! Hi! So excited. First Thank time. you so much. For- Thank you, thank you for coming along and doing this. Uh, so get this out of the way. You are in Victoria as well, right? I sure am. Is everyone else? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes we have people because of Zoom. We sometimes, you know, we have people in Los Angeles. Oh well, all right, fine. <laughs> Don't need to rub it in. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. But we've been trying. To, I've been trying to get someone from Los Angeles for at least six months, and and yet I am still yet to pull it off, even okay. though I have had direct <laughs> contact. With this person, and yet I when, still can't find the schedule. Oh, People in LA. How, and how is Jim Carrey? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Mate, it's Kelly Rollins. I'm so close to getting Kelly Rollins on the show. Say that on the podcast. So, oh my gosh. Out, out of all the can't. LA celebs. Like, why? Oh my God, Ben, that's incredible. But I know. Yeah, I've been working very busy. hard. There's an edit point for you there, buddy. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. You can't promise, you know, the hint that Kelly Rollins to our listeners. Look, look, back, the only reason I have a possible because contact. no matter what you do, all I think about is her. <laughs> Even when I'm with my boo, I'm just crazy. Okay, can I... Good if you've got a name right, though, isn't it Kelly Rowland? Or is it just that Aussie yeah, thing where we put no, an S on the end no, of everything? That's what I was going to say. So I put, I put an S on it all the way. She corrected, because I worked on a show with her and she corrected me. But then I said, hey, who says Kelly Rollins? And most of the audience just screamed. I was like, it's an Aussie <laughs> thing. We just stuck, we just stick an S on the back of these yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yeah, like, like, but that's know, not my name. <laughs> like Notlands. Say my name. Say my name. Wait, can't keep any of this. See, this is, so anyway, whatever. Uh, Annie Louie, so you're in Victoria, and how has this lockdown number five been? Let's kick it mm. off. Yeah. yeah, it's been a rough one. I think the the morning I had left over from all of last year has accumulated. I feel more jaded about the art scene now, but there's also hope. Like I've got I've got enough work, but it's like part of me is like sad that it could have been even better. Like having that mm-hmm. play show was great, but the capacity was you know, diminished and it's like, wow, that was fantastic. But imagine if things were normal and how like sick that would have been. It's and, human nature, isn't it? To always yeah. be thinking about what we, the glass half full versus glass uh, half empty. But you are, I would say, if it's, oh, correct me if I'm wrong, to, uh, if it's unfair to say this, but I would say one of the people that, you know, really got fucked over by last year's uh, timing of the comedy festival getting pulled out because things were sort of tracking along nicely for you. Uh, yeah. There was like, you know, real good potential for you to really kind of, um, you know, uh, like launch yourself into the comedy scene because there was a nice lot of momentum behind you mm. and then obviously it gets paused and then you know doesn't pick up until a year later uh how did you navigate through that feeling of you know a balance between not feeling like you were entitled to a great festival versus also knowing <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think i've always been a pretty adaptable person so when things got cancelled it was pretty funny having like 3000 posters to contend with. I'm like, what do I do now? So I pasted them all over my car and made some videos out of that. Um, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And I still have the momentum in me to want to do that show. It needed to go because it was about a breakup and I wasn't really vibing that anymore. I wanted to move on with my life. So the live stream happened and technically like I haven't done a festival show in like nearly two years so that kind Mm. of weighs on my mind 
But in the end, if I'm doing other things, people don't even think about that. So they haven't realised they haven't been able to buy tickets to a full hour of mine so, for, yeah, nearly two years. And but I, I, I get it. But you think that you know you haven't done a festival show. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that plays, I, a lot of people forget that. They're like, oh, so what? And you're like, yeah, but when you're, you're an artist and you're in the field and you, and you want to create and there isn't enough time uh, to, to be able to do it. You think about that yourself. And in the end, it probably, you know, probably, in the end probably doesn't matter. You know, you crunch, you know, you get to that end and, and you celebrate, but we're in, we're in tricky waters at the moment with the Delta variants, because I think, you know, it's said with a lot of comedians that, you know, festival will come around very quickly uh, next year and people are, you know, we'll have to register our show. But, you know, there's a possibility that we won't get as much stage time as we used to Yes. Uh, with the Delta variant that we'll get on stage. We're like, hey, guys, exactly. here's my festival show. Uh, I did three gigs before it, but <laughs> yeah. here we go. <laughs> I feel like every gig I do now should come with, like, a PowerPoint that comes down and go, look, I'm rusty, but look at all the other things that have happened yeah, during this time. I've done a few good things. It's quite funny. 100%. I know. But it's that thing of well, not, not being able to perform a show an hour. It, it, it would be painful for the artist, the individual, because you know how much effort it went in to get it together. Mm. And then it's almost like if you spent a year creating a song that no one ever hears, do you know what I mean? Like, yes, you know that the song still exists somewhere in, you know, but but if no one's heard it, it misses that extra level. And also with comedy, the, the audience is such a big part of the, the the last piece of the puzzle that if they aren't there listening to it, the comedy doesn't exist. It, it You know, the gag doesn't work if no one's there to hear it. You know? Yeah, yes. Or likewise, <laughs> if you've done a, a great gag and like only those people in the room heard it, you know, do you, do you just have to flog it on social media to make it, a thing and make it big i'm just getting onto that now like yeah, the whole yeah. putting actual material up because i always thought people if they like it they should pay for it but now this is the economy that we live yeah, in yeah, exactly. yeah is, i don't yeah. really know how to navigate that because i know there are massively successful comedians off the back of being able to upload you know their different bits and one big got viral and things like that and um specific, especially when you think of someone like andrew schultz i think from america has built such a huge following uh to the point where like he got his own netflix uh you know tv show which was purely off the back of him just producing videos online by himself like you know what i mean and mm. he kept to that like so you can't argue with that models thing you know upload things and you know you record everything but i'm on the other hand where i'm like man should i record it you know at the comedy festival um that has already gotten better Aged, and i'm like oh, yeah i'm like oh no that bit I, I have so many better punchlines for that particular bit but now it's there permanently online and you know yeah so. but people understand the process like if they're watching clips from four years ago and you know you've yeah. got the same joke but it's better like isn't that what nah, we're about I, I appreciate you saying that people don't understand okay. i have people giving me hate for a video from fucking six years ago and i'm like yeah i was a new comedy then i didn't know what i was doing and it's i didn't upload it like if i could take it down i would but it's you know someone else's uploaded. and also what, what what's the percentage of people looking at a video going yeah i saw that joke three months ago and that's a year old and i just feel like the timing was a, a lot better when i saw it live and it's actually i'm disappointed watching the video and actually you know what i'm going to comment now <laughs> so like <laughs> but i have a big question though is it, it has been it is had is it has changed heaps the social media uh annie it's been in the media everyone's talking about it uh dill and i have friends i i, I know dill's on it i'm not. are you on tiktok I am on TikTok, but I'm not making videos these days. I'm still really torn about the the privacy concerns. Also, more uh, like Four Corners did an app on uh, TikTok this week. I haven't seen it, but it's, yeah, it's, I'm keen to watch. It's a um, really good watch and also quite confronting, especially yeah. for parents. For parents, it's just like, holy fuck. Like, yeah. I reckon as a parent, you were just like, if you knew that your 12-year-old was on TikTok, you'd be like, yeah, no, I need to get them off. And how am I going to do that? As one parent, I'm not going to mention, a friend of mine just said, I'm bribing them. I'm giving them thousands of dollars to get off TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how much do the influencers make? I will match that. I know. Like, it's just, I think it's like, I, I don't want any said, look, you know, watch the Four Corners report, but they are mining data, using the algorithms, putting to, you know, all, all the, for people who haven't watched it, it's a great Four Corners report about how the algorithm is, they can work out pretty much who you are in four hours and mm. push videos to you in that particular degree. But I just, lo I just love it that parents are like, okay, here we go. You want a new car? 
Let's talk. Let's talk right now. Let's here we go. You, you have a choice between TikTok or a tuk-tuk. Which one yeah. do you want to do? So um, I don't you said I'm on TikTok. Am I on TikTok? I thought you were on TikTok. Are you? Are you I, mean, I put out like two videos last year during lockdown started and I gave up because I was I realized I don't know how to how how to make it work properly. Yeah. So I gave up on it. And yeah, it like I put a an... few videos on there, but they were from like, you know, copying trends and um also when with as being a creative, often you want to be the person who sets your own agenda where rather than following other people. Uh-huh. So I felt found like every time you came up with something that was original, it wouldn't pick up. But if it was a trend that was already happening, it would get more yes. traction. So it wasn't really rewarding creativity um, in the way that I am used to. So that's right, kind of right. why. I'm... And it, there have been some people we know who have got hugely successful off the back of TikTok, or at least some success in terms of views and stuff. And again, like power to them. I just don't think I have the patience to get better at it. That's what I, the way I look at yeah. it. Like I was wrestling with the idea of being away from my family and not, you know, eating ice cream every day. I'm like, fuck that TikTok can be, it's not a priority right now. Yeah. <laughs> but you're, but you are who someone can. who's good at social media, Dil. Like you are one that is, you know, has embraced it, uh, especially on your Instagram. You, know, you, are quite, you are quite good at it. You're engaging with your fans. You put up a lot of content of it. It's just like, I think for a lot of people, it's like, oh my God, there's another platform. There's another <laughs> platform as an artist that I need to be on top of it because, you know, I can ignore it at all. But, you know, if I ignore it all and I'm still putting out content but no one sees it, it comes back to that thing. Like you put out a joke and no one hears, what's the point? But if you put it out to the ethos and people hear it and it generates a following. Um, and I think for a lot of comedians, a lot of people didn't think TikTok was going to work, but a couple of our counterparts have been using TikTok and they have seen a bit of a flow on effect, which, you know, in my end, I thought it was just 13 year olds just looking at other 13 year olds, but it's more than that now. Mm, it's adults huge. looking at 13 year olds. Yeah. I think <laughs> the, the stand up clips go really well yeah, yeah, on yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. It could be, you know, poor lighting or audio quality, but. You know, they're very forgiving. There's one clip of mine that Amazon posted, which has the last time I checked a year ago was about like 1.8 million views. And there's nothing Mm. I've done that has gotten that much traction. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's crazy to know how quickly you can get like something gets shared and becomes, you know, so viewed. Um, But the mindless scrolling, the mindless scrolling that people are doing, that's what I find amazing. Like, I've caught myself doing it on Instagram Reels, but it just... Before you're knowing it, like, you know, like, mm. it's like, you know, I, I caught myself. I was like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I'm looking at Instagram reels. And she's like, what's coming up? And I was like, and for people, my listeners on this podcast know, I'm fascinated with uh, natural disasters. I can't what? stop watching raw footage. Uh, I've talked about of natural like, disasters. Yes. And so now the new one that I can't stop with on my feet is I've watched every tornado footage, <laughs> every tsunami footage. But the new one is, it's just all these floods in China. So I, I my whole reel is just gigantic rivers just just flowing i'm fascinated by the power of Don't a river you feel a sense of impending doom yeah well there's two things that i play first question sorry i need to cut you yeah. off uh the first one is ben you said that as if you said this on the podcast before i have because uh because i said on one episode where i think it was because a long time ago where people were like and a couple of listeners sent me links to tornadoes. So people okay. who tornado chases. So that's that's on my bucket. You sure it's on this podcast and not like Joshua's a little dumb dumb? No, 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 no. This is completely new information. I'm sorry. You must have said it now. I forgot. But I'm saying I must have forgotten. But fucking hell, this is weird as fuck. And then to- secondly, yeah. Annie, what was your question? Because I think that was the same one I had. <laughs> Which oh, is, I've forgotten, but you've just made me think I am. What the fuck is wrong with you? Why are you not know, people's impending doom? <laughs> yeah. And I'm, also actual people dying and being like, you know, no, well, I don't, from I don't watch. Don't watch that. No. And but, but why? What I'm fascinated by it, and I think it, someone's explaining it to me. I was like, I thought that thing. I was like, oh, pending doom. The pat, you know, it's just like we're all gonna die because of climate change. Why are you watching it? But I think it's the fact is I'm in awe of nature's power. Mm-hmm. I am just in awe of the fact that if nature really decides to push back. It can. And so I'm like, I always think like we build all these massive structures and we build all these massive dams. But then like just to see the power of a river going, especially the one in Germany recently where, you know, like, you know, if they haven't had like one hundred year flood where I'm just like, oh, my God, it, it really doesn't matter. We can do all these things, but the world is eventually going to spew us out. And I'm like, we need to respect it. We need to respect nature. We've got to get on board. I get and the so, same sense when I go to a beach or look at a waterfall, but you've taken that to the extreme. Can't you just go outside like a normal person? 
I get that when I watch like you know UFC or Mike Tyson videos. I'm like (laughs) the force of nature. The force of nature. (laughs) It's strong here. That here, like I have a smart ass mouth, sure, but if it really came down for it, I am so dispensable with one one swing, and I'm gone. But this, but this, I guess it kind of follows in at the moment because as we know, all of us, well, not all of us, but I guess I'm not sure if you're like this, Andy, but the Olympics are currently on. Have you been watching much of the Olympics? I've been watching the highlights and then I downloaded the 7 Plus app, but I haven't clicked on it yet. I've just been reading a lot of news articles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I, I think for me, I'm fascinated with that one because we're currently in like a, you know, it's, it's COVID. It's, uh, it's changed the world. It's a one in a hundred year event. But now we've also decided to still put on the Olympics, which I think, you know, everyone has an opinion on it. But to watch athletes, which is just like, you know, the best of the best doing what they do under such difficult circumstances. I found that absolutely amazing as well. Like where you're just like someone who's trained their heart out and they always say Olympians, you know, prepare for the unexpected. Well, you know, the unexpected is no one's watching you do this event in an Olympics that no one ever wanted. But I guess, you know, even that, you you know, you don't want to prepare. But I've been in awe about some of the physical strengths that people have been doing in like, you know, just sort of getting inspired. That's not just the Australian gold medals, but, you know, when you see like, you know, a 12 year old be, you know, just being amazing at table tennis, like stuff like that, where you're just like, this is crazy. Like, you know, and yeah. so I, I have, I've met, I have been somewhat inspired. I think it. I've been staying more up with the gossip of the Olympics than I thought. Like I've just had like 10, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> flashes in my mind, like you remind, not just the 12 year olds, but I'm fascinated by the 50 year olds. who are still going at it. Like yeah. six Olympics deep. And like this mom is still doing gymnastics and like the Aussie Chinese woman playing table tennis. Table tennis. Yeah. yeah. And I'm looking at my mom going, mom, get off your ass. Like, don't <laughs> be a champion. Represent our country. Yeah. And the, or the, there's like an equestrian that's like, it's his eighth Olympics. And it's like, yeah, that's good. But what about the horse? The horse deserves more of the credit than the you do. The horse is 105. Give it a, a massage and Is that rest. the one where the horses are dancing? Uh, yeah. Well, he's, yeah. I think he does the jumpy one, but there is the dressage one where the horse the dances. The dressage, yeah. So I saw some stuff on social media just yesterday where someone said, why is this even an Olympic sport? This is, seems, first of all, surely it's the horses that should get the praise and medals or whatever. And yeah. then the person then posted their reactions that obviously – people who do do the sport explain that it takes like so much like abs glutes quads all are tense at the moment when you're doing that and the same the the more easy it looks the harder it actually is to execute and that's what you're rewarding the the the, the rider's ability to you know maintain composure during all those movements mm-hmm. because you're trying to like work on your balance and things like that so apparently so then this person who called it out actually went 180 and said yep you're right i fucking i didn't oh, realize nice. how in fact i'm gonna uh, give it a crack and then have more respect for it and stuff yeah like that. there was a tweet that was going viral that said we should get a regular person to try every event to show everybody as the benchmark before we get the real people oh, to come idea. yeah was it cal wilson i saw someone like that like one of our mates put it i yeah, think it's a great idea like get get somebody on a horse and you'll probably fall off within two seconds. But then, yeah, but, some yeah. skill. but then there'd be also people seriously injured. Like just seeing a forty-eight year old guy from Maui going, you know what, pole vault, fucking easy. I'll have a crack. <laughs> there just there just be some serious injuries and people just going, yeah, I'll give it a go. Here we go, and then just <laughs> but maybe, absolutely maybe, maybe not an absolute amateur, just someone who is like good in high school to show the actual difference between like you know doing it like with some training versus elite. You know what I mean? Like just showing how vast the difference is. Or someone who actually just never just didn't make the Olympics but gets to have a go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that seems it's more like, logical. You know, yeah. They do that on Ninja Warrior where the people who don't make it through, they just get them as stunt coordinators. And so when they're doing it before the show starts, they have to test the course. So then they all get to have a go. So I kind of think, I think it could actually work rather than having, you know, we've got Betty 62. I know it's a 10 meter diving platform, (laughs) but good luck, Betty. (laughs) Did you do any sport uh, uh, in high school, Annie Louie? Yeah, I tried a lot of different things. Uh, I was always enthusiastic, even if I was on the D team. Uh, when I got a uh, like my growth spurt pretty early, so I was goalkeeper for netball, just based on the height advantage in primary school. But it was also uh, 
oh, I'm like average now, 163. But for an Asian woman, that's actually pretty tall. Like in right. Japan, I was tall and absolutely everyone yeah, on you the were platforms. <laughs> yeah, they, they were looked at my feet when I went to shoe stores. I've just got a seven and a half size foot. And they're like, we can't serve you. Please leave. Oh, wow. <laughs> you got foot shamed. In I got foot shamed. Yes. Uh, wow. I couldn't buy anything. Oh, um, so good. We should change our podcast to footbed. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) the foot fetish people will come for you apparently they're out there also side note i i got um tagged in a uh a gay feet appreciation instagram page i won't give them a shout out because fuck that but yeah someone uh tagged uh, my feet and my face and uh, i'm up there with some i'm up there with like fucking magic mike and shit so but was it your fate was it your fate yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. What were you doing in the photo that they grabbed it from? It was, sucking my him. food was, yeah, it was in, in someone else's house. Pretty asshole. flexible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, why did it make it to this toes. I'm just living my life. Toes yeah, yeah. deep no, in an uh, ass. Hashtag do it, it. <laughs> um, But yeah, so you were told for your age at uh, school, and so you became a netball goalkeeper. How long did you do that for? Yeah, uh, throughout primary school, that was, uh, yeah, probably the main sport. I reckon whatever season like summer or winter. I can't remember if netball is a summer or winter sport, but Netball's that and winter, I think. Okay. Yeah. And then summer volleyball uh, would uh-huh. be it. But then when I tr- went into high school and continued playing volleyball, like, it just it really hurt. Like my arms really like oh. on that ball. Like I would come in like home with welts and stuff. And my mom would just like rub ointment on them. I don't get how anybody does it. And we oh. recently like filmed for, uh, this TV show that I'm on China tonight where I discovered my hometown is the home of volleyball in China. Oh, wow. And so we, as a joke, my mom and I played the, some state league players who were absolute professionals and dominated us, but they weren't wearing, like they have no special equipment on their arms, you know, <laughs> they're just yeah. going for it. And I was super bruised. Couldn't, my arm was numb the next day and I could not go back to play volleyball, but respect to anybody who can with a forceful serve. Well, I, it, for people who don't know, I, I reckon volleyball is one of those uh, Olympic sports that everyone actually tunes in because it's actually highly entertaining. The rallies mm. are crazy. The spiking is phenomenal and it's quite brutal. Like it's genuinely like when you do watch it, you're like, oh, surely the ball's like, you know, those rubber kid balls. But no, it's full on. The ball's pumped up to the like to, yeah. to the point where it feels rock like it's hard. about to, yeah rock hard yeah. and it's about to explode and then you're supposed to put your thumb two thumbs together and cup your hands and think that that's not going to hurt like yeah uh, it's and, just and, it's just really but it's weird. also a game that's easier to follow i suppose as well in terms of rules right yeah totally there are some complicated uh, there's one thing that rule i didn't know is you actually can use your feet when you're outside what? Yeah, so you oh, can actually... my foot fetish fan base just yeah. <laughs> But like if you're running and it's outside and for some reason your foot gets to it first before you end, you can actually use it. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, you I don't get in like Cristiano Ronaldo or someone in there to just start the, standing the, outside. Yeah. Well, they, like, just... yeah, one in a hundred shots where a foot might be used and then, just for that. But then also it's like when you do the defense, you have to jump up, put your hands in the air and not protect your face. That's my favorite. Where you're just like the amount of times you got a ball pelted over like oh, 90 kilometers an hour into your face. You're like, how is this? Again, like. How Do they measure this? the serve speed like in tennis? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, which is yeah, which is amazing. And you got to jump up anyway. You need strong calves. But anyway, good luck Australia in the volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> you just outline all of the reasons why I sucked at volleyball. Like you need strong calves. You need to use your feet. Your thumbs need to be strong. You don't need to care <laughs> well, about your face. But, but yeah. Then, I, I, I assume, yeah. Annie, you but do yeah, have, so you... those two were the sports. I did soccer as well, goalkeeping for that, which is, I feel like I was just sidelined to the areas where there wasn't much action. So let's fast forward <laughs> to today, though. Like, so how, how old are you now, if you don't mind me asking? I am 28. 28. Oh, and so, so where are you? Young. Oh, my <laughs> Sorry. God. Oh. Where are you at in terms of like, um, you know, being active? Like, what do you do now? Say, take the Victorian lockdown and stuff like that. What mm-hmm. were the things that you went towards in terms of physical activity? Yeah, um, definitely a lot of walking and uh-huh. cycling. I've yeah. Been- yeah, yeah. The road bike has rested a little bit because the 5K rule really kills the whole like on Strava I'd be like 200 meters out of the 5k zone and somebody would like pick up on that they'd be like Was really, that really yeah, yeah. within no. your 5k yeah. and I'm like what? yeah like totally. if, if you're going to go to Albert Park like I'm not going to just stop 
and like <laughs> and then turn around and not go in a circle. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So yeah, I that kind of made me think I don't want to go right to lockdown. Maybe just over. don't upload to Strava. Somebody said that, but I'm like, I can't. Like I need, need the, the validation. <laughs> I need the validation. It's validation. You're a stand-up comedian, of course. Totally. Exactly. But they're so funny because I'm I'm I, where I ride on the road bike. There's a it's up near uh, Studley Park Road Hill, which is a sort of a, a bit of a like hilly loop around Q. But the same thing if you upload it to Strava, people crack the shits. Even if you're mm. 200 meter, like how dare you? Health rules are health rules. And at the time, I thought, oh fuck you. But now with everything Sydney going through, I'm like, good on people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, dumb them in. Fair yeah, enough. Yeah, that area you're talking about is just slightly outside of that zone. But the two main places I would go would be that and Albert Park. So but yeah. without that, it's just suburban on the road stuff, which is quite boring. You want the scenery. That's the yeah. reward. And you want and you want to be able to be able to ride and keep the pace because I I'm new to the road uh, bike riding. But I know how long mm. have you been doing it? Oh, it's been I reckon three years now three years and 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 so if you were to go exclude the lockdown but if you were to go for a bit of a ride how far would you ride um i really enjoy beach road and all the way down there so to frankston it's a 100k round trip if i wanted to make a day of it i'd do that um otherwise yeah generally like a 50k ride is something that really feels like yep satisfying in terms of things that you get to see and um it's not a crazy amount of time I think Beach that's like Road a is such a beautiful hours. ride. You go through like Black Rock and Morty Alec and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. 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 See, I used I... to do that during my when I was training for the Noosa Triathlon. And mm. I remember like the excitement, to be honest, was I get why people love cycling. And my friends have got back into it, is the this the social element of it as well. Like you are you've smashed out this, you know, amazingly good positive thing for your physicality. And then you go to a cafe and Frankston or whatever and get a little coffee and then have a little chit chat about the ride yeah. and then ride back. It's fucking brilliant. Exactly. Yeah. On a clear day without too much wind. It's it's great. And you get the flat road there. So you feel like you're really powering through. But yeah. <laughs> not a I, lot of resistance. Because any I recently did Brunswick to Morty Alec. So I didn't have the uh I didn't have the uh want to go up the Nepean Highway from Morty Alec to Frankston. But what I did discover on Beach Road, there are a lot of people who don't like cyclists on Beach Road. Yeah. Like it's the <laughs> Melbourne's most popular cycling yeah. route, but also most hated by drivers. And I've learned to just take up space like if you just take up a whole lane to yourself yeah like, it's the only way to stay safe honestly yeah yeah it's only and especially if there's a group of you then because i did it by myself and i had a couple of people yell out and you know like get off the road <laughs> just like did you really copy yeah, that yeah yeah I, only one guy from a ute but i think but for me the way he said it if i think about it now the way he said it was just like oh there's a cyclist gotta do it not like, <laughs> like a reflex <laughs> like a reflex <laughs> Like, it's not like you really want to do it. It's like, oh, yep, sorry. Hang on. Hold on two seconds, mate. Go off the road. Anyway, how is the wife and kids? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I, um, explain that a little bit more, Annie, if you don't mind, about the, the why it's safest to take up space. Because I, I haven't ridden in about 10, 11 years or so. So what do you mean by that? So if you sort of stick to a corner, you're yeah. more likely to be damaged? Um, like if, you're st- if you stick close to the curb, then cars think they can sweep yeah. past. And, yeah, so they don't give enough room at all. And that's when you're likely to get swiped um i had a friend who got hooked onto a truck on beach road i know people always like talk about horror stories but that one really affected me like looking at his photos that he uploaded with all his smashed gear and like a lot of blood and the recovery time like he works at a bike store knew what he was doing but um like he i think he broke his wrists and even then after that his whole strava uh, uploads were just him doing like you know little 500 meter rides and like just seeing yeah. that be more about the the recovery and how grueling and horrible that can be um was probably more scary than like the the shock of the accident right. itself but um yeah because I usually ride solo like I don't I've been really struggling it's been like two years to find women to ride with yeah. um and like every and anytime I see like a woman of color on the road we're like yeah <laughs> <laughs> like, we just have like a yeah so you don't even need a bike for that you're just walking through Chinatown just cheering yeah, people true. and high-fiving yeah. everyone yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. they're just yeah. delivery drivers I'm like fuck yeah I love it that you, you you're in a slipstream <laughs> behind two Uber Eats <laughs> yeah <laughs> but mate that is such an interesting thing because it is such a bizarrely hot topic or a sensitive topic bikers cyclists versus uh, drivers or whatever i know our friend nino yama got cancelled by cycling uh, cyclists huh? because she made a joke because she made a tweet back in 2019 or something like that about 
um, about cyclists or whatever. Again, and then just they unloaded on her, right? And um, so I know it's a very hot topic, and I can see why because you know a cyclist safety is so at risk. And and I've seen videos of you know people uploading their GoPro footage, and you know mm. people arguing as to who was right or wrong was the car right or was the cyclist right, and things like that. It was um, it's really interesting. I'm sort of getting a bit more of a sense of why that's the case because obviously I think drivers feel entitled. Uh, to the roads but and, and find but, riders and, being an inconvenience and slowing them down or some shit right totally but i think sometimes as well is like sometimes like road rage is an outlet of where people are at so quite often when they get into a car it can it quite often it can be a cyclist or it can be another car and people are already on edge because yeah. they're like running late or anything but the big one i've noticed is i grew up cycling in a family so i i, I grew up, like i remember hitting the roads with my mum and dad and there were no other cyclists in the 80s like mum and dad you know mum's dutch dad rides everywhere it was just you know a ride paddock. there's like no bicycle paths anywhere like i think about royal parade and all those kind of big streets and there's no cycling but there was no cycling paths anywhere like and so but if i think about it there are so many people who ride bikes who actually don't know how to ride on the road and they're the yeah. people that people get pissed off at. And I totally understand where you see, you know, a cyclist take a right-hand turn in the in the far left lane. Stuff like that where you're just like, oh, my God. As a, as a car, I'd be losing my mind as well. Or cyclists running red lights, all that. There's just a lot of people who don't know how to ride on a road and they're like, you know what, I'm going to get healthy. I'm going to commute. I live 5Ks within the city. Let's go have a bicycle. Mm. Uh, what I don't like is people, cyclists, getting on the pedestrian, uh, the pavement and stuff. I'm like, oh. nah. You found your, if you're going to do that, get off your bike and push it down. Do you know what I mean? I'm yes. fine with you, get, you know, using the convenience of what you have and getting off it and pushing it. But don't fucking ride down the pavement towards me and expect me to not freak out about the it. The infrastructure here is not built for it. But if you go to Japan, the sidewalks are so big because it's legal to ride on the footpath there yeah. and it just works. Like everyone yeah. has learned to navigate with cyclists they're not freaked out by them and everyone kind of knows respectfully if you're going to ride on the footpath you do it slow and it's probably going to uh -huh. inconvenience you as the rider but you know they they can work together but here i see a lot of roadworks that ruin bike parts it just stop oh. and it's like well, what am i meant to do now so yeah. you know uh that it was happening around flinders street uh, i think the tram works there i'm not sure if it's still going but i could not the... get to abc south bank without riding on the footpath and pushing it was going to take me like an hour to get there and like if you didn't come prepared like if you were wearing cleats like you're kind of screwed like it's yeah it's and especially with your four your four <laughs> go your four gopros and you're recording everything and you got to you know stream it to your yeah. youtube bike challenge uh, channel you know it's, it's <laughs> tough it's tough but dill on that point though in in holland it's the same thing you know it, the thing about it is pedestrians know and you grow up with if there are cyclists on the footpaths you ignore them they have to go around you so you never change your direction of walking the cyclists have to change their direction and it's a weird one it's like it's like crossing like i always think about that like going in vietnam and having to cross you know six lane highways or roads where you're like, there's no traffic lights. It's like, how the fuck am I supposed to get across? Like, I remember just going, I've got no idea. And then you just get an old lady and she just grabs you and you just walk across and the cars just to go around you. And you're like, oh, it's, it's no. the same thing. Oh, I get it. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. I can't wait walk to on. try that with the Deliveroo and Easy Riders that I see in the city. Let's see. Let's see oh, me translate God. this. And you know, in Holland, I'm meant to walk. <laughs> <laughs> you are meant to drive around me, young man. The uh, but yeah. Addy, Addy, have you gone into any of? The, do you watch any of the professionally cycling? Have you have you gone to the next step where you follow it at all? Yeah, I try to. I can't really understand all of the rules, but uh, it is very exciting to see like the speedometer, how fast they're really going, and, and it's the just like they're the pumping out. It's like yeah, inhumane. Like what is up with that? You can't yeah. be yeah, like going downhill at like the speed of a car. Um, yeah. Like when like, I get to 40 k's an hour, like on my bike, I'm oh. like, oh yeah, this is like a car speed. <laughs> like I'm what, so what's, excited. Uh, like say Tour de France, what are they, what speeds are they doing? So, to, would they go to 100 k an hour? They like, don't go to 100 here? anymore. But uh, the high, the fastest pace this this tour was uh, just clicked over 92. Oh wow! And you, you say anymore is because they're not on performance enhancing drugs anymore. <laughs> well, no, but also they're not allowed to do the super tuck anymore. So for people who don't know what the is super that, is that something from Drag Race? <laughs> it's it's <laughs> RuPaul's Drag Race. I thought that's the, where you did that. The, the super tuck is where the, you know how you tuck below and you go to, to stop the wind resistance. Is what they used to do is they used to get their bum off the seat and put it on the bar, and so pretty much be 
just just a bike. So their back would be parallel to the handlebars and the back seat. So they'd be they'd be below their seat and below the handlebars. And they're just saying that that created so mm. much speed that if you come off that, you can't you get entangled in the bike and pretty much mm. die. So they've ruled that out where you have to keep your bum onto the seat. So you just don't yeah. turn so funny. There's fast, only but... eight kilometers an hour difference, though. Was it worth it? Um, well, oh no, 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 no. How long? Just in general, you just can't do it. It's just too. It's too dangerous. Because oh, okay. if you fall and your leg goes through the A frame and you roll, mm. your leg just snaps off. Yeah, well, that's the yeah, point that Annie's making. Like the, the risk, the risk of that happening versus you know getting that eight kilometers yeah. per hour. Is it worth it? Is what her question? Yes, is. because you could then keep away the breakaway. And then you, and then before you know it, you've got 15 the k's to go, yours. and yeah. you've got Vanda Art, and you've got Uran, and you've got Carapaz behind you. And before you know it, you've won a stage, and your life has changed. No, it yeah. actually hasn't. You're still a normal cyclist that isn't earning as much as a AFL player. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and you don't have a leg this time. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Hard, harder to pedal next time. So, but I I do love it as well because at the moment now in the Olympics, because my son is really into the Tour de France, Annie, and we've just uh, actually just finished it, but we've been watching the Olympics and the road race as well. And it's just like, even in the road race, as people go, how do they do it? And they, the men have to ride 230 kilometers for a race. Like that, mm. that alone is just so insane. And it took him six hours. Yeah. Is like, it through hilly terrain as well? Yeah. So they had to go in around Mount Fuji, which was oh, crazy. Wow. Yeah. Which is just like. But you know, I didn't know till I was reading some news articles about the Olympics that they don't have uh, headphones to communicate with, yeah. no earpieces. So, so it, that, it, that is pretty crazy. It's crazy. how that person thought they won and they didn't. Yeah. That Dutch, that, for people who don't know, there's a Dutch woman who crossed the finish line in the women's road race, put her hands in the air and said, I've done it. I've brought gold home. And then someone mm. had to tell her, no, someone was ahead of you. Yeah. Apparently, she was <laughs> so excited they time. couldn't get a word in. So that entire time, someone was ahead of her, and she didn't realize. She didn't realize because got, there's no road, ra- there's no ra- the race radio. Usually, they have directors talking to them in the car, going, "You're three minutes behind her. You got to keep the pace. You got to get, you know, so many RPMs." You got to that- avoid this. She was Dutch, right? So she's got to avoid all the pedestrians that she's. Running <laughs> <about here>. she's <laughs> not- so they've scattered so, all over the bruise. Scattered yeah. over. Right. So yeah, but it's just that thing where she's like, oh, "I've won." No, no, you haven't. And it's just so yeah. how did that happen? Because when did the the so, first so there- place break away to the point that she didn't even realize? Well, because there was a, there was a, there was like a group of I don't know how many cyclists broke away. Then she went from the peloton and joined them. But by the time she joined them, oh, the other person went ahead. But none yeah. of the other cyclists said anything to her because they don't really talk because they're not. She didn't have any team members there. Yeah, yeah. So that makes it's, sense. Uh, it's fascinating. But well, for people thank who you, Annie, sorry, Ben, go. No, just a bit. I'm just always. Uh, it's I always get excited when I see other people passionate about riding. Because because it's for, for someone who grew up with it and now I like a bit of road racing as well, it's like there are a lot of people that are stu- still, because the infrastructure are too scared to ride, when kind of often running's not an option to them, walking's not an option to them, but riding is. And so sometimes I just get like when with Bicycle and Victoria and stuff, I was like, there are so many opportunities to like ride on trails and stuff where there are no traffic and then eventually you can build up to riding roads. But I totally understand people's apprehension because – you know, we've got okay infrastructure compared to Sydney and other places, but it's still pretty shit. Mm. Yeah, it's true. I, but out of all the cities in Australia, there's nowhere else but Melbourne that's the best for yeah. riding in terms totally. of, yeah, the terrain and also we have the most bike paths around. Yeah. So I, oh, that's the one thing that prevents me from moving to Sydney because that would be, yeah, great for yeah. work and stuff. I'm like, man, I just need to get around on a bike. And I've got an e-bike as well. And even then it's more the the fact there's no lanes because the heels don't bother me if I could use yeah, that. an e-bike. It's an electric bike. It's got a battery on it. So you still yeah. have to pedal. It's not like those scooters <laughs> that deliver your food. You just zip yeah. along because some of those yeah. have been, uh, what do you call it, like unlocked. So you can like jailbreak your e-bike and uh, get it yeah. to speeds beyond what's legal because in – Australia at the moment, it's capped like 35 is what and, maximum and, speed you can go. And, the, and the, people, the people who do do that, where they break the speed, are also the same people who actually sell ease. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, um, How did you get into bike cycling? Uh, I 
started off, I mean, I was the shittest at bike ed when I was a kid. I actually got segregated from the group for running over a teacher's <laughs> whoa, foot. Whoa, 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 whoa. What's bike, what's bike ed? For bike school? education in bike primary education. school? In school. Yeah. yeah. So they, I think they might have, either they used to have like a bunch of old rusty bikes that they keep in storage and they wheel them out every time that once a year the kids in like grade five would get the bike ed right. classes. Um, I think nowadays there's probably companies that go and bring nice shiny bikes to teach kids at right. schools. Um, but yeah, that was like my first taste of it. And I did so poorly. A teacher's foot. And then uh, I had to go ride around in circles under supervision with one other like student teacher away from the group. On the <laughs> After you were a liability. And, yep, I was a liability. Wow. And it didn't help in high school either that I crashed into a fence when we started doing bike ed in year seven oh, again. God. So, yeah, I mean, I've definitely taken on the role of the underdog in cycling from going from that to doing around the bay, which is like a 230 kilometre ride in a day. Yeah, but uh, the thing that got me into road cycling was some fundraising that I was doing and uh, the ride was taking place in Queensland. So, yeah, I've looked at the the Noosa. They're really into the triathlons and um, endurance cycling stuff. I'm not good at yeah swimming and um running but they've got a yes. really nice you're not good at it yet yes so yeah that's went, true you went from being in the primary school you know segregated cycling circuit yeah. to doing yeah. around the bay <laughs> i would say you're obviously capable of you know setting yourself that's a goal true, and then, yeah. you know, working towards it so don't so it's all short there but what i want to know is so you had this thing in queensland that you wanted to do and that's why you started yeah yeah why did you why did you how did you come across it i'm always curious to know when people made the change because i think Something that fascinates me about when I look back at the changes me and Ben have had is it's because there's something that happened that made you want to choose it. And then it turns out it has a, the, the fitness and the health element of it is kind of bonus, but there's something, a bigger driving force that makes you want to do something and stick at mm, something. Yeah, so, so for you with that, that cycling in Queensland, where did that come about and what made you go for it? Yeah, it was the charity that I have been associated with since 2016 so it was more about the fundraising element called the kids foundation and uh yeah Uh it's for burn survivors and trauma survivors and their families around australia so they've got camps every year in various different cities and it's uh they wanted to raise enough money to get more people to attend them um and the cycling Uh event had been going for 10 years a man who had a brain uh, tumor it keeps recurring but he's like in his 70s and uh, still would do it every year and they used to have a triathlon component because a lot of the people who were involved with the foundation seemed to have started in the triathlon community and that's where they would do all their raffling and fundraising to begin with and then it's grown from there so um, yeah we had uh, some major sponsors um, including like Giant who would they mm. provided some staff, so it was like a full-on. Um, yeah, cool. We had the yeah the broom car, which would follow you behind. Oh. You couldn't. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Like that's to be, so cool. Yeah, there was what's like the ten broom of us car? Riding. Giant is the uh, company that the uh, bike company. Yeah, right? yeah. And what's broom car? <laughs> it's not a brand. It's just the car that sweeps you up if you suck uh, yeah. at any of the legs. So they'll just grab you and like pop you in the car, and you can yeah. make it to the next <laughs> leg and Are start again. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> they, put, <laughs> they put the bike on top of the. Car and they just chuck you in and then they drive you to the next one so so the broom is as in terms of sweeping you up as opposed to going broom broom because you're, no. <laughs> yeah, you're doing the opposite of broom broom you're yeah, kind of yeah, like yeah. <laughs> just get in just hop in yeah, but yeah. i never had to take it so that was uh one of the goals How many was... <laughs> was that one? uh so that was 550 over four days and yeah, some some of the the legs were That's really over difficult. 100, 110, 112 per day. Yeah, yeah. Wow, so, so much pain on your what? anus. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it <laughs> out. There was pain everywhere, like not oh. just in your anus, but all, all oh. your joints. Yeah, but totally. So when well, tell me the timeline between when you make decide that you're going to pick up a bike and do this challenge, and when it was when you needed when it was the race? Yeah. Like, how much time did you have to train? I had six weeks from receiving my bike and there was some major delays. I, I got offered a bike from a friend in Geelong who used to do triathlons and I went and saw the state of the bike and I was like, oh no, there was a crack in the frame, like a big one. Oh God. <laughs> so I took it down to a store to see if they could repair it. They're like, no, this is a ticking time bomb. Like if you put pressure yeah. on any of this, it's just going to collapse. So uh, I couldn't take that and had to wait for a new one to arrive. And then, uh, 
I had friends saying, you got to change the pedals. Like if you need to, you, we want to leverage the up motion and the down motion when you yeah. pedal, you need those cleats. Clips. Yeah. Yes. So that's when it's, I Does thought, it make okay. that much of a difference? I'm, I'm about, to, I'm about, to, I'm so close to converting to yes, it. Yes, it does make a lot of difference Huge. on the hills. Yeah. You can. On the hills. Yeah. So on just, the hills. And you use all of your leg muscles, not just the top ones, like yeah, not just your quads, but the, quads, yeah, all the yeah. back ones and stuff as well. Because you think about it, the pulling motion, right? You yeah. Do, like, I'm just so scared of the... falling off. Yeah, like, it's going to happen. You will. Yeah. You'll fall. You'll stack at heaps. Uh, don't clip in on an incline. There's a bunch yeah, of tips. Yeah. Like, you know? yeah. I, have, I have Googled clipping in on an incline. I have Googled that. Oh, good um, one. Yeah. Um, also, I, what my, from my experience with it is after a while, you just get used to the idea that you unclip by just t- tilting to the left yeah. or right. Like well, it just comes off so easy. For someone who's not cycled well, in 12 years. You did the yeah, exactly. well, <laughs> But I, I, what I love about it is that, yeah, I, like, I remember on day one of the clips, my, the, the guy who was coaching us and helping us with it said, okay, now guaranteed every one of you will fall. Don't worry about it. It will happen. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to be the first that doesn't fucking fall because I've been watching them. Because <laughs> for the first couple of weeks, I didn't have the clips, right? I finally got the clips. And then he's like, all right. Uh, so what you can do is you win and you start pedaling and blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to fall. I'm not going to fall. Mate, I swear it was less than two seconds before I fell. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, seriously, totally. yeah, like yeah. it happened so quickly. And it was really nice and humbling. And But then the thing is, falling helps you remind you to not be a fuckhead. Like it's almost yeah. like falling yeah. helps you know oh, definitely because it causes lesson. pain pain is a yeah. natural mechanism to teach your brain don't do that again yeah. yeah but choose the side that you clip out of like choose the left side because that's where in australia you fall away from the traffic so when you right. clip out and you fall yeah. that's going to be the side that um yeah it, well, sorry yes yeah clip out from the left correct yeah, 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 <laughs> i needed it no use uh get my hands to figure out left and right i knew this (laughs) (laughs) no but uh so you had six weeks to train so you went from zero to uh, 550 kilometers in five yeah it's possible to do i did some other things to help myself like i did cut alcohol for that whole time just you drove you drove drove the broom cart (laughs) (laughs) so what did you do that's please um yeah i wanted to be as light as possible so i didn't want any extra yeah unnecessary calories so not drinking helped so i didn't have hangovers to contend with so i could still train like any day that was a clear day where it wasn't too windy it was straight on on the bike um to do a longer ride and mixing it up with hill training as well really helped so that you go to studley park for hill training yeah yeah, yeah so do right. like yeah. maybe four so circuits of that um up and down would be a really good one an easy one and yeah i was surprised that on the ride itself uh like the hills i actually really enjoyed them they gave me a nickname the goat <laughs> like just what? when i saw a hill i was like yeah just get smash it to the finish <laughs> like how mountain goats like you know they just like clip flop up hills really easily right, um, right, right. so yeah uh i would you're training with other people by a hill yeah um i had a few friends that i would go for occasional rides with but nothing that was like super intense and regular. Uh, I had a that my mate who got clipped by a truck on Beach Road. He works at a bike store, so I would join that bike store's group rides. And the first yeah. group ride stacked it real bad. Felt so bad for the person who uh, went down with me because she was obviously a, a pro rider, and I was this noob who had never ridden before in a group. So at least I'd had that. Experience. Did you clip someone's back wheel? Is that what happened, or did you? Oh, I can't remember. I was turning a corner and uh, maybe I tried to indicate at the same time as uh, using yep. cleats, you know what I mean? And it yeah, was all yeah, like yep. too much brain power. Um, yeah, because then that helped when we were riding in a group in Queensland because you need to stay focused and not do any dumb shit, like ride yeah. too close to someone's wheel um, or make unexpected so movements. Yeah. <sighs> But when when it's all working and you're in that group, it feels like amazing to um, and you save so much energy cruising. being in a slipstream, working as a team, taking yeah. the front. Like there's the team dynamic, which is something I I because I'm I'm trying to find out how once we can do normal things. I really want to join a cycling group. Something I really yeah. wanted to do, and I've got a couple of friends who've done some in the in the air. But he just said it's just so much fun because you go on group rides, but also you learn how to actually ride together in a team. And I yes. just. I, I just really want to learn how because that looks it looks it looks like so much fun. Yeah, it is. It is a lot of fun. There's not a lot of occasions where you can do that unless you are part of a a group that rides 
regularly. Yeah, because in terms of like multi-day events, they're really expensive to sign up uh, for if you were doing it just for leisure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think there's yeah. some that go um, like multi-day tours to Adelaide and you can ride all the way there and it takes like a week and they put you up in accommodation and with all your meals and stuff. But that's like a full-on holiday. And if I was going to take a holiday, I don't want to work for it. <laughs> yeah, I've looked but- into them. They look great. And and so the, the I would say the community aspect of this is such a huge thing, isn't it? Like the motivation, first of all, to get on the bike was, you know, a, a bigger cause, a bigger purpose, the charity as well. But then afterwards, being able to like, you know, pair up with this group and, and sort of work together and learn that team stuff. Was mm. that like a motivating factor to stick with it? Yeah, definitely. Because it was a lot of fun. And I followed it up by signing up with for Around the Bay because I need goals to keep um, doing an activity so yeah. I signed up with, uh, with another person who did that uh, charity ride and lives in Ballarat and we did that together but he didn't finish because it was so windy that day and I clipped his back wheel and we oh. stacked it and uh, he thought his shoulder was broken and uh. he had to get his wife to come and pick him up and take him uh. and I still feel so bad about it because yeah I had the choice I can still replay that split second where you have to choose where to fall and I chose a nice patch of lush grass but he went straight into the middle of the road right onto his shoulder um yeah I think it was some yeah, tendon and ligament damage and he didn't break yeah. anything in the end but yeah uh, I, I felt yeah. so bad but you know we hadn't trained together and that's also one of the um the things I would be wary of now is like never to ride together with somebody in a serious event like that where you have not uh, gotten used to each other's styles yeah, and how no. you yeah like one-on-one um yeah, because people have a lot of different personal values around safety and stuff. Like I know friends who are like, they, you know, will call out everything. Like it's such a verbal sport if you want to stay safe. So, you know, and they're pointing at things all the time. It's like a dance, like you're just like a pothole and there's all these signals and things like that. And some people are a bit lax on that. And I think I was more on the on the lax side. Right. <laughs> it, you know, I don't, didn't have as much confidence, but now... Yeah, I'm getting used to shouting things out and telling people up the back what what's coming up. Um, oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Give me an example of that. So if you see a pothole coming up, you'll if you see a pothole. pothole yeah. What's, you that, what's, to, what's the sign? What's the sign? Um, it's is... like a how do you describe like that? Like a spritzing, a like, uh, spritzing, <laughs> like, like spritzing water on yeah on with the your side. fingers. Yeah, that's like pothole. That. Yep. Some people will do a point, like a a, a point that's. Like a See. finger just continuously pointing, pointing at a thing. Right. Um, yeah, what about stop. the waving when they do waving at the back? What's the what's the waving, waving at the back? At the back. Yeah, it's just sort of all throughout the whole Tour de France. I assume it was a roundabout, but um, oh, I reckon they've got some yeah that some different like signals. Oh, no, someone's thing. someone's just farted. Oh, yeah, goes. maybe Whoa. they just dust. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they yeah they've got the stop one which is just putting your hand up so that's a yeah. good one while yelling stop at the same yeah. time um, what does the middle finger mean in cycling terms is the same i thing? reckon it's the same yeah the flick of the the flick of the elbow means can you come to the front and take the like can you take can you do some hard work in the riding i always like that the flick of <laughs> really? the elbow. not 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 the chicken dance, the chicken um, dance like... what so Annie, that's pretty. That's a really good tip about if you're going to do it, make sure that you practice with that person yeah. as opposed to. And and how many k's was that? That was uh, yeah, around about uh, I think it was two ten ish. And yeah, it's the, the full round the bay. Yeah, the, there's a, they added uh, the mount. Oh, what's it's near the peninsula? Um, where the chairlift is. What's that? Uh, um, Arthur's seat. Yeah, Arthur's seat. They added that if you want to do a 310, oh. I think, is now the longest distance. Yeah, wow. Yeah. That is so insane. When, your friend, when your friend uh, fell off and... You know, and you, you left going. Yeah. How, how long? How long into? How long into the ride were? Was we were that? still. So we started at Albert Park and went anti-clockwise because some people told me weather-wise that's the better direction to go in because you can choose. Oh, so anyone yeah. can choose, right? You can yeah. choose. Yep. And then how many people uh, do this event? Sorry. Oh, Ooh. thousands. It's the biggest in Victoria for cycling, biggest cycling event, I think. What is yeah. that? It's the biggest one in Australia now. Oh, um, maybe yeah. So what are we talking? It's quite inclusive. Um, thousand, two thousand. No, way like, more than that. Way more they like closed that. the Westgate freeway for it, and yeah, that's like wow. a, an awesome opportunity that you can only get through that to ride on a road that Let's... is always, yeah. Um, because I, really, I, I really want to do, do it, I want to do half the bay and then just do the 130. But for, for the reason is, whenever are you ever going to be able to ride over the Westgate Bridge yes. in your life? Yeah. yeah, but it was, oh man, there was a stack right at the bottom of the Westgate when we started oh. and yeah, that was not 
yeah, that had me real shaken at the start. It was still dark and it's it, the, the thing moves. Like, <laughs> like you know, things the, are just the bridge. Made, the bridge yeah. yeah. What time um, of when do you start writing? Like, like uh, yeah, five. be like six or five or six. Yeah. Five, okay. And so your day. friend then stacks it how far into in it? In actual long. Which so is how, about a, a couple hours. 80Ks. Yeah. Yeah. And so I waited for him and they took forever with the car to come. And then they pitched it to me. They're like, do you leave him behind and finish or do you stay? And I'm like, oh, this is a tough decision. Like, this is my friend. And he's like, no, go, like, just do it. You should finish. I'm like, are you sure? And after a while, I was like, okay, I'll leave you. I don't know how long it's going to take for them to get you some help or who's going to pick you up, but all right, I'll do it. So they kept reminding me, they're like, you're not going to make it. You're not going to finish. If you don't make that ferry, that's the end. You don't get your medal. Like, they will just come and take you home. I'm like, no, that sucks. So yeah, I was uh, fighting time and uh, made the ferry and then latched on to like a couple of guys at Sorrento who were doing a pretty good pace. So uh-huh. pretty much cruised all the way in to somewhere near Frankston with these guys. And then uh, this is so crazy random, but comedian Joseph Green yeah. was doing a training ride for yeah. a triathlon. Iron was, Man. He was yeah, Iron Man. Iron. Yeah. yeah. And he saw me post on social media because uh, I posted that I'd stacked it and like had some gravel rash. And then he was like, where are you near the Mornington Peninsula? Because like, I've just gone for a swim and I'm cycling around or something. And I'm like, I'm around here. And he's like, okay, I'll come meet you. I was like, what the hell? What? So then <laughs> what, Joseph Green. Yeah comes out to to meet me and he's like yeah I'll take you back into the city like we can just ride it together so he motivated me all the way from uh, Frankston into um St Gilda and he's like my dad lives around here I'm peeling off now I'm like thanks I like smashed all these pbs on Strava thanks to him just like That's encouraging amazing. me What's but yeah stuff like that just so I'm guessing this is 2019 this was when it happened um Yes, it was. Yeah, because yeah, what's hilarious to me is when you ran into him at the round of the round of the bay. It reminds me of when I ran into him at the Melbourne Marathon. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he's, he's like, he's like Forrest Gump of, of endurance <laughs> running and training. He's just he's popping up. He's just on the socials looking for people struggling in an yeah. event. I'm here to help, guys. I'll be there for you. That's great. Shout out to Joseph Green. Oh, but that's amazing. So, that's, so when you were riding after leaving your mate, what was the, like, were you, how much of his, you know, pain or guilt or any of that that you were. Backstory. Feeling? It turned into a backstory. And also, what was the motivation that, like, you must have used that feeling. I'm, I'm guessing you seem like the type of person, as you said, you love a goal and challenge and things like that. So when people said you're not going to make it, did that just fire yeah. you the fuck up? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was so determined then not to waste any um, any second. I also got really lost once I left him around, like the signage was not good around the Geelong area and that just felt like I was wasting a lot of time um, waiting for instructions and someone to come and um, pick me up to drop me at the correct location to start again. Um, Yeah. yeah. And then you're also fighting with like battery on your phone, like running low and all these different things. So yeah, it's, it's pretty rough. I wish I had, yeah, stuck with a group or something and um, done it all together. The ferry, how, what you get the bike onto the ferry, isn't it? And then the ferry takes you and how long is the ferry ride? Um, The ferry ride is about, was it like half an hour to get? And so you're minutes, not riding during yeah, that time, obviously. Minutes. Yeah, you're not riding. Is it hard to then get back on the bike once your legs have rested? Um, a little bit, but it doesn't take too long to start uh, warming up again. I remember the weather was just so variable. Like I got off and it was so hot and you're carrying all your stuff with you. So it was. I was wearing a rain jacket and then had to tuck that away and then near the end when we were finishing it started pelting down and it was like okay this is like the final challenge like why like you're testing me yeah 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 yeah. yeah. but tell us about the feeling then when you did cross that finish line and then get that like how did you feel completely I need to take a shit because I (laughs) (laughs) I had I saved my gel for the last (laughs) bit of it and they warned me Uh, the old Annie Pui So I just remember I'm like, something's not right down there. I just need to go home. Um, So yeah, I took my photos and everything and my legs were so dead. I could barely drive myself back. Yeah, yeah, right. And so so it's such a, I kind of stress, it is to do around the bay 
and within the, the time limit before people start backing the shit up yeah. is such an amazing effort. Like that, that's that's my big goal, Annie. That's my big yeah. goal to be able to do around the bay. When would you like to do it? Uh, look, I wanted to. I really wanted to do it this year, but there's talk about it that they might cancel mm. it this year. Uh, with everything going on, but it like I really just to be able to have the training to be able to do it, but then also to have a team to be able to get to the end and get the medal because the, yeah. the, the the around the bay is very much for many people is the the marathon uh, of cycling really because yeah. if you can do that like it is so hard, but also the concentration which people don't forget understand is. You can do it, but all it takes is a tiny lap of concentration, and you've fallen off, and you're you're 100%. gone. You're yeah, gone. and you've had you've not had a good sleep because no. well, now I remember the day before was the Antenna Awards, and I stayed up and missed an interview with Dilbrook because he left. But oh, yeah. you know, so I yeah. knew I had that the yeah, next yeah, day. But yeah, imagine yeah. going from a big was... event and still being on adrenaline, getting like a few hours yeah, yeah. sleep, and then doing yeah. this because yeah, that's where the mistakes happen. You're not well rested already, and people get a lot of adrenaline and nerves just before a big day so I reckon a lot of people would be in the same boat so you're contending with not only your own potential laps and concentration but other people as well and riding defensively and large amounts of people everywhere and not potentially it's their first ever one as well and maybe they've never ridden with so many people and there's one and there's one point and there's one point to knock someone else and watch them hurt themselves there's also another one when you knock off a guy spend ten thousand dollars on a canadale road bike oh god yeah like you're just like oh yeah i've, I've fucked your shoulder up and uh, oh, am i looking at costs now because your yeah. car's the same you know your bike's worth the same amount as a car I think that's why the entry fees are so expensive because i reckon they probably covered everybody as part yeah. of that yeah but oh. if you're for your general riding i highly recommend getting insurance what? for your bike yes. and yourself and what, what insurance do you oh, have really? do you have uh, um, bike Bike, Victoria? Yes, Bicycle Victoria, yeah, Victoria. and yeah, I think there's also you can get RACVs uh, like roadside assistance for bikes specifically as well, which oh. gives you a lot of peace of mind if you're ever in the country by yourself feeling like you are isolated and if a puncture happens then there's no one there to help you, yeah, uh, you yeah, can yeah. just call them and they'll come. The only issue is their time frame of getting out to you is uh. quite long. <laughs> Um, so, no, never ha- actually had it's it better, tested. It's, it's better than that, but I have heard uh, that you can go up, oh, got a puncture. Let's say I'm going to give someone a call, and you're like, "How actually, long did that ride take you, Annie?" Um, oh, so you have to do it with under. Is it under nine? Nine, eight, or nine hours? No, it's so, under nine, nine hours. hours. Under no, nine it's under hours? nine hours. The yeah. nine hours of concentration that entire time. Oh. Yeah. And no pooing. What I was going to ask you on, <laughs> on the idea of pooing, what are you doing for nutrition? Oh. Are you smashing gels? So are you doing Yeah, there's, there was a few pit stops where you grab more food. Bananas are great. Um, yeah, we gels. had, yeah. Little, little oat cakes. Oh, yeah, those um, cliff bars, not mm. to sponsor them, but uh, they're basically just pure sugar. So <laughs> there's right. that. And, yeah, I think there were some sandwiches and things along the way. Yeah, yeah, wow. Well, so what's the next goal then to finish up on? What do yeah. you have um, in terms of? I would probably, I would consider doing that event again, but the shorter distance and seeing how that fares on the body because jumping straight into a long distancing like that is not good. Like I had some knee problems after that event and it was likely because I had not trained as hard as yeah. you should. So like you can finish, but what toll is it going to take on your body? Left, yeah, you, know, you're, right. you can't be sure. Um, so even yeah, if you ride, even if you ride technically correct, it'll still take all like your knees still take the brunt of it. Like even if you yeah. ride with your heels or your time with your ankles, it's like people just talk away and go, but the knees are the ones that really. Yeah, because I think they say injuries can either be caused by things like bad ergonomics. Um, in a short period of time. So like something happens where you've twisted something and suddenly you've injured yourself or it can be over a long period of time. So like Mm. a prolonged um, bad uh, posture could turn into something worse. So everyone is different. So it's hard to say, you know, a specific advice, but for yourself, how long did did you train for round the bay? And if you, you with hindsight being 2020, how much more time would you have given yourself if you knew Mm. that the injuries, to prevent the injuries or whatever? Yeah, I reckon... I would have given it at least six months. And how, how long was this one? Um, so think? reckon two months. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So a whole four extra months you reckon. Yeah. The reason I asked that specifically is because I felt the same thing with my marathon is that I did it, uh, but it was kind of very consistent training because I was in Edinburgh and things like that. And I don't think I'd do another marathon again. I want, I'll definitely do another half marathon because of the toll that it had on my body. I'm like, it's not worth, because the training itself of a marathon kind of is, 
quite tough, let mm. alone the actual race day. So, you know, uh, it's reminded me a lot of that. And I was always thinking to myself, if I were to do another marathon, how much more time would I yeah. give myself? And I probably give myself a year's worth of focus, like building towards it with a bunch yeah. of half marathons along the way, as opposed to figuring it out on a whim going, yeah, it's six months away. I reckon I can do this. Yeah. Is that a bucket list thing? Were you intending to ever do it yeah. more than once? Uh, no, no. Doing it once was the bucket list. Mm. Item, yeah. The That's other enough. List, You've already, yeah, you've yeah, achieved I've done it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's number one on the list is eat a bucket of chicken. So that one is still still attempted multiple times. Cannot finish it. Uh, Annie, thank you so much uh, for talking through with us and, and joining us here at Fitbit. Um, do you have anything to plug? Have you got any gigs coming up? We're yeah. open. We're yeah. alive. Yeah. Let's make the most of it while we can. I've got Lemon Comedy that I produce and host. It's on the 19th of August. Great. And really fun gig. I did it uh, a couple yeah. of years ago. Yeah, would have been last year now. And yeah, our headliner is Lou Wall, Cabaret Extraordinaire. Amazing. And then tickets are also on sale to a split show I'm doing with Emma Zamet, who lives in Brisbane. And that is part of the Good Chat Comedy Festival. And it's happening in September and we're playing two nights. So check out the dates on my website, AnnieLouis.com. Yeah, and uh, social media again, Annie Louie? Yep, handles are at Annie Louie on Instagram and Annie Louie Comedy on Facebook. All right. Oh, oh, uh, usual Fitbit uh, platforms for us, Fitbit Pod on Instagram, yes. uh, Ben Lomas Comic on Instagram, yes. Dilruj on Instagram. Uh, what I have to plug is hopefully the Darwin Comedy Festival that I'll be at in uh, August, in the middle of August, and hopefully Canberra Comedy Festival in September. And it's and it's it, and again it, we say hopefully we just don't know these days. It's not yes. until we're on mm. on stage. I'm supposed to be in Adelaide on the eighth of August. Currently, as the situation is at the moment, I'm not allowed to go. Uh, but that could change. So tickets are still on sale. And then of course I'll be uh, in uh, uh, hopefully Queensland October the second. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. So tickets. Let's start bringing what my mum says, which is inshallah. Inshallah, I'll be in, uh, yeah, in yeah, yeah. and inshallah, I'll be in um, And then a shout out to all the Fitbit, list, uh, Fitbit listeners who contacted me uh, to say uh, how much they are enjoying the, the podcast, especially because we wish our Sydney friends all the best in lockdown. We know you've got another four weeks ahead of you. Hopefully it's not longer than that, but we wish you all the best. We know what it's like here in Melbourne. Uh, so just be kind to yourself. And again, of course, we've got Patreon as well. So we don't know who's going to be the next guest. We've got no idea, <laughs> but um, uh, that's only $5 a month, so you can listen to the back episodes. So we thank all the people who've uh, stuck around with us in Patreon. So, Annie Louie, thanks for joining us. Thank you. So much thank fun. You. And uh, we'll see you next week, guys. Bye. Bye.